At Best Western, we can't promise you the perfect family beach vacation. We can't promise that it won't rain or that you won't get a sunburn or that your family won't endearingly call you Lobster Mom for weeks afterward. What we can promise is a warm welcome and a comfortable room amidst all the joyful chaos. Lobster Mom. Life's a trip. Make the most of it at Best Western with over 4,200 hotels worldwide. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispy, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. What's under here? Hey everybody, quick exciting announcement. We won an award for our episode with W. Kamau Bell and his mom. It's called a Third Coast Award, and it's kind of like the Oscars for radio. But we don't know which category we won yet, so we're heading off to Chicago this weekend for the awards ceremony. In honor of this really awesome news, we are re-airing the winning episode for you today. Stick around all the way to the end to hear a follow-up conversation with Kamau, where I ask him what it's been like to have this story out there, like to have a sex talk with your mom that everyone listens in on. Okay, on with the original piece. All right. So what is this podcast called? You're trying to whisper so they can't hear you? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I just remembered. I don't even know what it's called. Okay. It's the longest, shortest time. Oh, that's right. You told me. Yeah. It's a parenting show and uh, tell stories about parenthood and everything. And so they asked me if I had something I would talk to you about or you would talk to me about that we haven't really talked about. And so I immediately thought about your sex life. (gasps) (laughs) We definitely have not talked about that. This is The Longest Shortest Time. I'm Hillary Frank. That guy you just heard talking to his mom, that's comedian W. Kamau Bell. So here at the Earwolf Network, I am surrounded by talented comedians, and Kamau is one of them. A couple months ago, I was asking around here to see if any of the comedians had a secret that they wanted to reveal to their moms, or maybe there was a secret that they wanted to get out of their mom. And Kamau was like, yeah, I've got something. And as you could probably hear from the top of this show, it is a thing that you've probably never talked about with your mom either. Here's what Kamau told us. I would love to talk to my mom about her dating history. She's been single my entire life, and I've only gotten slight dribs and drabs, but I would love to get the real story, as much as it kind of makes me queasy. For years, I just assumed that my mom had never dated anybody. And then when I became an adult, she started to reveal things. But there's many things I don't know. Well, we invited Kamau's mom to give him the real story right here on our show. On a Monday in May, the two of them met up at a studio in the Bay Area near where Kamau lives. I'm so excited to have you come on the show. I'm a big fan. Well, thank you. Hold on, get my mom set up. I listened in on the phone from my home in New Jersey. And today, we are going to play that conversation for you. Which, you know, this show is generally meant for grown-ups, And today, that is especially true. So go find yourself a kid-free space and eavesdrop with me. I can hear myself in my earphones. That's how it works. You don't like that? No, I just wasn't expecting it. <laughs> Before we get to the juicy stuff, I want you to get to know Kamau a little bit. 
He's a TV guy. So by having a child with a white person, I've taken the possibility of another white person out of the mix. Do you understand what I'm saying? This is Kamau in his Showtime comedy yeah. special. It's called Semi-Prominent Negro. I believe Malcolm X said, by any means necessary. Yeah. Kamau is super funny, but his kind of funny is often the kind where you're laughing on the outside and crying on the inside. A lot of it is about race and racism, like his new show on CNN called United Shades of America. You should know the whole idea behind this show is that it's a show where a black guy goes places either he shouldn't go or you wouldn't expect him to go. Now, in the very first episode of this show, Kamau goes down to Arkansas to meet a leader of the Ku Klux Klan. And at this guy's request, they meet at night and they disguise his voice. On the list of sins, where is interracial marriage? There's like murder and, and is interracial marriage equal to that or is it? It would be above because it's an abomination. So it's, so murder, so it's worse than murder? Yeah. Okay, all right. I wish we could have this discussion on a sunny day in a coffee shop where I could buy you a piece of pie and you didn't have the mask on, and we could talk about these same things on a more equal level. Talk to each other face to face. That's not going to happen. All right. Clearly, Kamau likes pushing boundaries, you know, taking risks, which is probably something he gets from his mom. Her name's Janet. My name is Janet Cheatham Bell. So here's a little history on Janet. Back in the 70s, Janet was working on a Ph.D. in African-American literature at Stanford. But at that time, Stanford did not consider African-American lit a valid field of study, and they didn't let her complete the degree. So she was like, screw it, and she left. And she went and self-published books. They were books of famous Black quotations. She's also written books about the racism she's faced in her own life. And after Martin Luther King's assassination, she was recruited by Ohio University to teach African-American literature. Over the years, she and Kamau lived in Indianapolis and Boston and then Chicago. Whenever Kamau started a new school, Janet would go into his classes and do presentations on Africa and African history. You know, she'd show the kids that there was more to this continent than like Tarzan in the jungle. So Janet and Kamau, you know, they're close. They always have been. She's a single mom. He's her only kid. Throughout Kamau's life, he's been able to talk to her about pretty much everything. But like most of us, he never talked to her about her sex life. And he kind of liked being in the dark about this particular topic until recently. So, so there was this thing that happened. Kamau and Janet were on a plane. They were flying from Chicago to California, and she had just gotten a new bed. She'd upgraded from a twin to a double. And I think I said something like I was happy that you got a bigger bed because uh, I didn't understand how you had a twin bed because I was when I was a kid you had a queen size bed, and then you said, "Well, I needed one then," <laughs> and I immediately knew exactly what that meant. <laughs> now, not only did Kamau know what Janet was using the bed for, but also he suddenly knew that there were things going on when he was a kid that he was completely unaware of. And just to be clear, I, I have a mother and a father. I come from a broken home. No, no. Your home was not broken. Your home was completely intact. It's just that your father lived someplace else. So here's the situation. Kamau's parents, they were never married, at least not to each other. His mom was actually married twice before she had Kamau to other people. And for all the connection Kamau had with his mom growing up, he had a lot less of that with his dad, Walter. Walter was always kind of strict. He had ideas about what he thought Kamau should do with his life. He actually wanted Kamau to play basketball. Kamau and his dad are both really tall, but his dad is taller. He's six foot six. He's got a deeper voice than Kamau, too, and a big laugh. 
Kamau says that for a while, the biggest laugh he ever got from Walter is when he told him he had started doing stand-up. Walter works in insurance. At one time, he was actually the insurance commissioner of the state of Alabama. That's where he lives, which is not a state where Kamau's mom ever lived. And so as a kid, it was just me and you most of the time. Yes. I used to see him in the summers. Yeah. And, I- and in, in the summers is when I had my fun. <laughs> yeah, Madeline and I. Yes, Madeline, that's right. Madeline was Janet's best friend in Boston. And Courtney is her son, who we were sort of forced to be friends because our parents were friends. Well, yes. <laughs> yep. When you and Courtney went away for the summer, party time. And also sometimes in the winters, remember how some weekends you would go to Courtney's house? Yeah. And other weekends he would come to your house? Yeah. Uh, sometimes in the winters. <laughs> we partied a little bit. So, so you guys would would trade would trade you. Would you take right. my kid this weekend. I'll take uh, your kid. There next you year. go. Mm-hmm. Madeline and I were looking out. We had each other's backs. This is not the narrative of uh, of single black moms that exists in the media. Well, I, they're making up fantasy then. And so Madeline is a funny and a good and a and a and a good time. Yes, and also kind of a firecracker. Yes. So I can imagine you two having a good time. It, it, that seems, as soon as I think of it, I go, oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I think I always thought when I was going to Courtney's house, like, you had just decided, I don't know, like, I guess kids, like, I mean, I guess the idea of a sleepover is always fun for a kid. So I just yeah. thought, okay, that's just what's happening. It never occurred to me to, to be like, are you, are you pulling a trick on me? I wasn't pulling a trick. You were having sleepover and so was I. I <laughs> This is part of an elaborate ruse so you can get some. It never occurred to me. And I don't know if it occurred to Courtney, but, Courtney, but we certainly never talked about it. Uh, so tell me about these summers. What were these summers like when you would ship me off to my dad with whether I wanted to or not and lock me away for three months in Mobile, Alabama? No, that was supposed to be uh, helping you. You no, I know. I'm, I'm kidding. It, I was. I, that's the funny thing. I. I mean, this is the truth. I always felt bad. I was leaving you alone. Oh, really? Like, I was gone. We were, like, because we were very close. And, yeah. I mean, we still are very close. But it was like we were friends. And I got to go to Alabama and my cousins and whatever play and da, 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 whatever it was when I was a kid when it was just about having fun. And I felt bad that I was, like, leaving you alone by yourself. Oh, I should have told you then, should No, I? no, you should <laughs> I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. But I do remember those feelings, like, getting on a plane, like, oh, she's going to be lonely for the next three months. Yeah, Okay. <laughs> so tell me, tell me what the, your memory of those summers was. Like, what were you doing? Was it a was it one guy for three months, like a summer romance, or was it a lot of guys over the course of three months? No, it was or? usually one guy. You know, whoever I had, you know, maybe been out with on one of those weekends when you were with Madeline, mm-hmm. and um, so it would be you know one guy, and we would go places and do things, and sometimes he would spend the night and. Well, we'll get to that in a second. But, uh, <laughs> like, was it ever the same guy two summers in a row? No. Not that I can recall. Maybe. Do you remember John Evans? Yes. Yeah, I think he was around in and out okay. for maybe a year or so. Uh, and so what were, what were you doing on these dates? Like, what was a typical uh, Jan Cheatham Bell date night out in town? Well, I remember John and I went to see... Um, B.B. King and Bobby Blue Bland mm-hmm. at a concert and probably had went to dinner first and mm-hmm. then went to the concert and then came home and <laughs> did whatever. <laughs> so, so 
Uh, okay, well, I guess we'll talk. So you were having an act. I mean, it's no, it's not something every child wants to talk to their their their, their parent about. But here we go, uh, especially their mom because of gender <laughs> norms and pressure from society. Uh, you know, the the men, the fathers in our lives are allowed to have these conversations with us, but mm-hmm. the, the moms in our lives are, are supposed yeah. to be. All women are supposed to be virgins until they have a baby, and then they become virgins again. <laughs> so, what was were you you having an active sex? Uh, I can't even say it. You were having an active sex life. Yes. Yes, I was. A, an active, pleasurable, fully yes, fully everything. Yes. Okay. I was. Now, so, and if you ever, and so let me be clear, after the summers were over and, and I would come back and there were times that you would get the, the, uh, the, the inclination, you would just ship me off to Madeline's for the weekend. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And so that's why you had the queen size bed? Mm-hmm. I needed more room. <laughs> I just thought you liked the big bed. I did. <laughs> I guess so. I didn't know that it was for visitors. <laughs> I know it was for company. I thought it was because you liked them. I've, I've always liked the big bed because you had that queen size bed. I've always... <laughs> When I grew up, I bought a king. I wanted a king size bed just because I wanted a big bed. I didn't even think about. It. I thought that was just what adults had. Yeah. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Adults. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Doing adult things. Yeah. And where would you meet men? Well, you know, we had telephones back then too. We didn't have cell phones, but we had telephones. <laughs> but you weren't calling people randomly out of the phone book. I no, was... no, no, no. These would be men that we knew, or okay. you know. But where would you meet them initially to know them? I'm trying to think about that. I remember that with John Evans, that a white woman that we both mutually knew decided that we would, you know, okay. fit together, and she introduced <laughs> She did the thing like, you're a black man. She's a black woman. Yes. But she was right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I remember that there used to be a club in Boston where um, young black professionals hung out a lot. Really? Yeah. Do you remember what it was called? No. Oh, I yes, I do. Was it called the NAACP? No, no, no. There was a basketball player who played for the Celtics many years ago, yeah. Satch Sanders. Okay. And I, it was either called Satch's Place or something like that, okay. but I think it was pretty sure it was his club. Oh, okay. All right. And I didn't know you were going to clubs. Oh, well, yeah. Like, like, would you go out and dance? Yeah. What? Kamal was a human being. <laughs> no, you weren't. You were a mother. <laughs> you would go dancing? I can't. I just can't imagine. I mean, I guess I can, but I just never thought of you. Were you, were you drinking? Yeah. What, what was your drink? I used to like Kahlua and milk. <laughs> I mean, I was never a real heavy drinker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, but yeah, I, I would have cocktails, yeah. And you would go to the club and dance mm-hmm. and rub up on men? Yeah. Okay, that's enough of that. <laughs> Coming up, a whole lot more of that. Sorry, Kamau. Stay with us. At Best Western, we can't promise you the perfect family beach vacation. We can't promise that it won't rain, or that you won't get a sunburn, or that your family won't endearingly call you Lobster Mom for weeks afterward. What we can promise is a warm welcome and a comfortable room amidst all the joyful chaos. Lobster Mom. Life's a trip. Make the most of it at Best Western with over 4,200 hotels worldwide. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle. 
because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the bacon cheese slider, 1921 bacon cheese slider, or chicken bacon ranch slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 bacon bundle. White Castle, follow your crave. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. We are back with comedian W. Kamau Bell and his mom, Janet Cheatham Bell. So growing up, Kamau always just thought what I think a lot of us think as kids, that his mom didn't have sex after making him. But he did have this one memory. I remember when I was a kid, like when I was a little kid, so four, three or four or five or something. Mm-hmm. And I remember like maybe like I had been put to bed or something and there was a man there with you. And I remember like... Like, I feel like I was snuck out of my room and looked around the corner and I saw you and him on the kissing in a deep kiss. Oh, I think that was in Boston. Okay. And I think you were upstairs allegedly asleep. Okay. And because I sort of remember seeing you on the stairs peeping. Peeping. (laughs) Yeah. Do you remember who that man was? No. Jesus. I don't remember. <laughs> and then I remember there were times in Chicago where men would be, a, there would be like a, a a man who was around, but it just never, I was, I never ever, and I think this was your plan, or what was your plan? I never got the impression that there was like, here's your new dad. No, that was my plan. Okay. Was that you would never get that impression. Well, did you ever, was, did you ever, in the time you were dating men when I was a kid, uh, or I guess up and through I left for, for college, was there ever a time where you thought some guy might be really serious or it might be it might be he might be the one? Or? No, because I had no intention of bringing a man into your life. Um, no, just no, because I didn't want I didn't want any kind of um, angst around who is this man and. Wh- because I remember one time uh, a guy who wanted to take me to dinner with you. And we went to dinner, and you always only ate a small amount of food at one time. And so that was a you, long time ago. Now I, do, now I eat more. I know. <laughs> but when you were little, you only ate small amounts of food. And I never tried to force you to eat more because I figured if, if you were full, you were full. But anyway, we were at a Chinese place where they bring out the dishes and you put the food on your plate that you wanted. And this guy told you to get more food. And you looked at me and said, do I have to? (laughs) And I said, no. And he didn't care for that too much. So I didn't want that kind of BS, you know. Yeah. So, I mean, he seemed to feel that he should have some say-so in the matter. And I, you know, so that was the last time he and I went out. Oh, over 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 Chinese food, over him telling your son to eat more Chinese food. Well, I knew that, you know, there was no point in me even seeing him again because if he had that kind of attitude, I didn't want to be bothered. And that's ironic because now one of my favorite sentences to hear is somebody say, have more Chinese food. 
uh, so, so there was never anybody who you almost got who you got serious with. Or did you? I mean, did, were you looking to get serious with somebody? No. As a matter of fact, now that I'm 79 years old and I have friends who have been married, you know, 40, 50 years, and I mean, close friends who talk about their marriages and the things that occur in their relationships, and and they're all happily married. And I've never once thought, oh, I wish that was me. (laughs) Not one time have I ever thought that. I have several times thought, oh, my God, I couldn't deal with that. Oh, I don't like having to compromise. I don't like having to... So maybe I guess if you love somebody enough, you wouldn't mind compromising. Maybe that's what it is. And maybe I never allowed myself to love anybody that much. I don't know. But I would not want to have to live in a place that I didn't care for because my spouse wanted to live there. Mm-hmm. And I would not, like, I know women who go to football games because their husband loves football. Mm. I wouldn't want to do that. I mean, I would say, go ahead and go, but I'm not going. Yeah. And I know that, you know, there's sometimes when you're married to people, they want you to do everything with them. Yeah, or they want you to do certain things with them because it's more fun to go to the football game with somebody than to go by yourself or if everybody... I find this to be a lot of marriage, is that if everybody else's spouse is going then there's sort of an assumption, well, I need you to, and I'll do this to Melissa and she'll do this to me, that I need you to come because I don't want to be the only person there who doesn't have their partner. Yes, and that thought of trying to live my life because I was somebody's wife mm-hmm. never had any appeal for me whatsoever. Which is funny because you've been married twice, not, not including my dad because you two weren't married. But you right. Were... I did it because, you know, hey, I was born in the 30s. And grew up in the 50s. And women only had one objective, to get married and have children. That was all we were supposed to do. And I got married largely because I was trying to please my mother. And after the second time I got married, and she wasn't, neither one of my marriages seemed to make her particularly happy. Mm -hmm. So it occurred to me that I didn't need to get married to try to make somebody else happy. Only person I could make happy was me. Mm-hmm. So I said, so I don't ever need to get married again. <laughs> and so men, just sounds like to me that men become, and you can say it the way you want to say it, but it sounds like to me that with that approach, men just become a thing that's fun to have in your life. Yes. But not a necessary part of life. Exactly. Although I've always, I have seen couples that looked as if they were, kindred spirits, Mm -hmm. and really enjoyed one another's company. And I have thought, but even them I don't envy. Mm -hmm. I remember one of my girlfriends and I used to say, it would be great to be married to a musician who was like gone. (laughs) (laughs) Gone half the time performing. And then, you know, you'd only had to see him, you know, maybe two weeks out of a month or something (laughs) like that. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, um, but you know I never met that person so 
That's funny. It'd be great to be married to somebody who wasn't here. <laughs> is what you're saying. Yeah. I mean, I remember you saying one time that you would only get married again if you two could have separate residences. Or at least at the very most, we could we had to have separate bedrooms. Okay. I have to have my own room. That's okay. just the bottom line. I have to have my own room. Okay. So do you ever, are there ever times when you wish somebody else was around? Or yeah, there? there are times when I do wish that I had a companion. But if I could have a companion when I wanted to have a companion yeah, and not have that person be there 24-7, yeah. that would be great. So, so that's, I think that's called a male escort. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if you have the budget for that right now. Yeah, well. Do they, women can do that like men can? Yeah, oh, it's 2016. I'm glad to know that. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> so, uh, so you're 79 now. Yes. Yes, so just turn 79. Yes. First of all, when's the last time you had a relationship with a man of a sexual nature? That's been about 16 years. So did you have, I mean, so up until 2000, you were still having relationships and... Um, I can't remember who the last relationship I had was in Chicago. It was forgettable. (laughs) Somewhere that man's listening right now going, oh, thanks. (laughs) Yeah, so not since Chicago. And, And how do you, I mean, I always think about that now. Like, how do you feel about that? Are you okay with that? Well, the wonderful thing about getting older is that your interest in things changes, at least it, for me. Mm-hmm. My interests in things have changed. Now, when I was younger, um, you know, that, that could not have happened. Yeah. It just would not have happened. Yeah. Madeline and I used to talk about that. Like, oh, okay, it's time for something. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, say it. Finish the sentence. <laughs> what, what did you and Madeline say? We say, hey— Somebody's going to have to give it up this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Well, yeah. <laughs> I, and I know the, the mythology is that women don't need sex as much as men do and that kind of BS, but that's just not true. And At so, least not for these women, Madeline and I. Uh, and so I, I see, like, those websites for, like, OurTime.com, which is, like, a dating website for people who are seniors. Oh, really? Now, most people in the commercial look to be 45 years old. Yeah, I, I noticed that because I get on my... Um, Facebook? No, on my um, email page, they yeah. have ads about... I don't know how they know I'm single, <laughs> but I guess the internet knows everything about you. Yes, that's how it's designed. And um, so I get these things for seniors, too, and every, the pictures of the men they have, the, first of all, they're all white, mm-hmm. but secondly, they're all 50 and under. Mm-hmm. So I've never been tempted to— You've never thought about signing up for OurTime.com? No. I mean, I feel like part of the reason is you live in Bloomington, Indiana, which as much as Bloomington loves itself, that's not a great place to be a 79-year-old single black woman. No. Not that there's many places that are probably the spot for 79-year-old single right, black women. Right, exactly. Certainly not a college town in, in, uh, a very, in a predominantly white area of the country. Exactly. So, I, I, but I think about, like, we talk about you moving up back out here, and I feel like maybe we sign you up for our time when you come back out to the Bay Area. Well, they probably would have some black people on yeah. and and somebody who's at least within 10 years of my age. <laughs> Would you sign up for one of those things if we were in the Bay Area? I don't know. Like I said, I, my 
my mother said once when I was still a teenager that I was boy crazy. And so I can I can honestly say that I really liked men a lot. Mm-hmm. And and I was fortunate in that men reciprocated. <laughs> so so I was never like you know sitting around wishing that I could get a date. That was never an issue for me. Mm-hmm. But as I've gotten older, um, you know, I, I don't know if that I know my libido has not died, but it's certainly not as uh, intense as mm-hmm. it was when I was younger. And so now I get pleasure out of other things. And mm-hmm. if I met a man that I could see occasionally and we could do things together occasionally, that would be great. Mm-hmm. But like I said, I I, I couldn't have somebody in my house 24-7. <laughs> I'm too set in my ways, as they say about old people. So when's the, you said your libido's not dead. When's the last time you're, you felt your libido libi? Well, because, you know, sometimes I still have wet dreams. Oh! You ask. I didn't ask that. Well, <laughs> okay. I thought you. I thought you meant you wanted to know when Malito Bo was alive. I just felt like you were maybe watching it like a Denzel Washington movie, and you thought, "Ooh, Lord!" I didn't mean like. Oh, I see. You know, good-looking men all the time, and say, "Ooh, Lord!" Okay. As a matter of fact, I don't know if you've noticed. I know everybody else who comes to my house has noticed. I saw this picture of a black man in a magazine. I don't remember what the magazine was, but he was just so fine <laughs> that I decided I needed to have the picture out where I could see it. So I just <laughs> tore it out of the magazine and put it on my refrigerator door. You, you've become more and more like a frat bro over the course of this talk <laughs> than I ever imagined. Uh, so, so do you have memories of the last, like the last time you had sex? Um. Not really. I can remember some memorable times when I had sex, but I'm, the last time I can't recall when that was. Okay, well, here's my question. Was the time you had sex to make me a memorable time you it had sex? It definitely was. <laughs> I, no, I knew that night that I had gotten pregnant. Yeah, it was definitely a memory. It's one of the times I do remember quite clearly. Because you got pregnant or because you guys were just doing all the things? Because it was a memorable night of sex. Okay. Do you want me to describe it for I, you? I don't think I do. Okay. But I just it's good to know that you have that. Yeah. And yeah I'm I, glad to be associated with that. Yeah, it was definitely, it was, it was, yeah. It's funny because I remember both the times that me and Melissa had sex that led to our two children. Do you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mostly because both times it was like, now we're going to do, like, both times we were like, we're going to do this led to her being pregnant. <laughs> so I remember for that, not because I remember the sex, but I remember like, okay, here we go. <laughs> and then later it was like, I'm pregnant. So yeah. I don't remember the, but you remember the, you remember the oh, bomb, bomb, oh. ka chonk, ka chonk, ka donk, donk. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was, that was, that was a good one. <laughs> yes. For people listening, my mom's eyes are going wistful, and she's uh, rolling into the back of her head, and I think I'm going to stop asking questions. Uh, we can check in. How's it going, Hillary? It's going so, so good. This is so good. Um, okay, so listening in on this conversation was amazing, obviously. And I just had to jump on my mic and ask a few questions myself. So, Janet, you've been talking 
really openly with your son about sex during this conversation. And it sounds like it's not something you've done um, until like this moment on the microphones. That's Um, true. And I wonder, like, why do you feel okay talking about it now? Well, I am not a person who keeps secrets uh, or who wants my child to think one thing of me when I'm really something else. And as a matter of fact, I'm so happy to have this opportunity to do this because in my writing, I am very open because I write a lot of uh, autobiographical material. And a book that I published last year, I have some fairly intimate information in there. Not um, not as intimate as we've been talking about today, but close. And I've been sort of shaky. I tried to warn Kamal that there were things in this book that might, you know, disturb him. But I don't think he's read the book yet. And so now that we've had this conversation, I feel like, I don't have to worry about him reading that book anymore. (laughs) And why do you think, um, I mean, because you are clearly being so open right now, why, um, why do you think you kept like your dating life secret from Kamau up until, you know, now, like Kamau, how old are you now? Uh, I'm 43. 43. So it's been like... 43 years of of keeping this piece of your life to yourself. Why do you think you kept it secret that long? Well, because I bought into the fact that children are supposed to see their parents as as, um, perfect, saintly beings. And, And there were a few times when Kamal was younger when I tried to talk about things and he would say something like ma as far as I'm concerned the only time you had sex is when you got me <laughs> <laughs> so so I would stop and because I didn't want to shock him but on the other hand I also didn't want him to think that I was this virgin Mary that had only had sex one time and so I wanted to be more open than that so I'm happy to have this opportunity So now that I can just go ahead and fully be myself. Kamar, are you glad that your mom kept this a secret from you when you were growing up? I'm glad that my mom knew enough about me and enough about my relationship with my father to know that this was the smart way to go. Well put. I never had to sort of, even for a moment, think of these men as some sort of uh, possible new dad addition. While at the same time, knowing that, like, that's definitely, um, that you made a choice that may have been a sacrifice on some level. No. Yeah. It wasn't. I I guess I know you say it wasn't, but I'm like, maybe there was some dude who would have dated you, who, who, that you didn't realize that you weren't going to be a long-term thing, so he didn't even try, and maybe that guy was... Harry Belafonte. (laughs) Didn't happen. Okay. All right. (laughs) Janet, this is a personal question, but you've been, you've been telling personal stories. So um, I'll, I'll ask and you can feel free to not answer, but um, is, was Kamau a planned pregnancy? Absolutely. Yeah. 
Yes, absolutely. Um, and I, at the time, at the time, did you imagine that you would be with his father long term? Um, at the time, I thought he was the love of my life. I did not know where our relationship would go at that time. Later, you know, I I could see that we wouldn't be together permanently. But um, at the time that I got pregnant, yeah, I I thought this is it. He's the one. But it didn't happen that way. Kamau, do you think you're going to um, share your personal life with your daughters? Yes, I think that I will certainly. Um, you know, I I don't like the idea of secrets, even painful secrets, and I think maybe I get that from my mom. That yeah, that I that when when the time is appropriate or when things are happy or when things seem like they will mean something that, yeah, I will, that I would like to have the same kind of back and forth and open relationship with my kids that my mom has with me. Cause I don't really feel like this thing that was a secret. It was a parenting strategy. <laughs> so what's it like for the world to hear you have a sex talk with your 79 year old mother? Kamau tells us in just a minute, don't go away. <laughs> Best Western, we can't promise you the perfect family beach vacation. We can't promise that it won't rain, or that you won't get a sunburn, or that your family won't endearingly call you Lobster Mom for weeks afterward. What we can promise is a warm welcome and a comfortable room amidst all the joyful chaos. Lobster Mom. Life's a trip. Make the most of it at Best Western, with over 4,200 hotels worldwide. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. Want to connect with a family member who doesn't speak your language? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning through an intuitive process. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. And with a lifetime membership, you have access to all 25 offered languages. Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 for 50% off. We're back. And we just played you our episode, W. Kamau Bell Asks His Mom About Sex. When I first heard from Third Coast that we won an award for that episode, I sent Kamau an email telling him the good news. And then I called him up. So, you know, we won this award uh, for your amazing talk with your mom about her sex life back when you were a kid. Um, yeah. Do, do, just be clear. Do I get an award or do you, I mean, how does this work? The show, do get, I actually, the show gets the award. Um, so I don't get I don't get a physical award. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I just want to make sure. I was, just, I was like, I, I didn't think so. So but you're I considered sure. you and your mom are considered a, the guests of the show. I understand. Yeah. I understand. Um, but, of course, we couldn't have done it without you. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, and, just, I just how this works. I mean, you yeah. deserve the award. I'm very happy for you and the show that you got an award. <laughs> <laughs> so 
What was it like to have everyone listen in on a sex talk with your mom? You know, it's funny. Uh, it was fun for me to have the conversation, although it's clear when you listen to it that there's times where I'm not having fun, and I make it clear that don't that's my line. Don't cross that line, please. Uh, the the I think my mom has talked a lot about how women of her age, friends of hers, were really disturbed by it. So like, I think that like uh, I'm super proud of that. I think that's some of the best. I think when I put a time capsule together of things I've done in my career, that's going in the time capsule of things that are like that was. I'm super proud of it. I was super excited about the fact that we did it because I could tell it was like something that hadn't been really done in that way before. And it was also fun to have that talk with my mom. And what was your reaction like to the story after after you went back and listened to it? Um, you know, I've listened to it a couple times and I really I it's I really enjoy it. It's really um it's it is it's we're not performing. We're not uh doing it for the thing. It's a conversation certainly we're having on mic so it it alters it a little bit, but I really felt like we were just having that conversation and and so when I listened to it, it's like it's a very special moment between me and my mom that I that I'm happy that we had. And ha- and happy that we were able to share it. I do feel like if we'd had that conversation without recording it, I probably would have thought, oh, we should have recorded this. You know, sometimes that happens in life when mm-hmm. you're a podcaster. I should have recorded this. And I'm like, we did record it. And it and it feels like it doesn't feel like we did it for the podcast. It feels like we needed to have that conversation. Did it lead to any further conversations? Uh, no, I have not asked my mom anything else about her sex life. I feel like I'm all I'm all caught up. You're I'm talked out on that. I'm I'm good. I got it. I, I I I as I pointed out during that episode, there's times like, no, I get it. I don't need to know anymore. Uh, you know, occasionally friends of mine will make comments now, just randomly, like things that I sort of have blocked out of my head about. Uh, like I think my mom said at one point something about having a. I don't know. She said, I think she said wet dream. So a friend of mine yep. recently brought that up, and I was like, ah. Oh. <laughs> 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 so that's the that's the only negative fallout that has happened. People remind me of things that I try to block out of my head, but I don't need to know anymore. She's I, I got yeah. It. Is there is there anything else that you heard that you wish you could unhear? You know, it's funny. I think I've probably unheard. I think I've probably like that when that person said that. I was like, "What is that from?" Oh my god! Like it was really <laughs> like uh, that was the one moment where I was like, really like that's too far. Because I think that was also about her right now, which to me it's like this is a grandmother now. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> but no, for me it was really the big takeaway for me was that my mom. I sort of put my mom in this sort of matron box of like just sort of I'm going to be here for my son. I'm happy she was having a good time. I'm super excited about it because I would have felt sad if she was just living for me. So, you know, I'm really happy that she was out there doing her thing, uh, you know, and and doesn't have regrets about it. I sort of had my mom having regrets about a lot of this stuff, and she doesn't. Has it sort of made you like re envision your childhood? Uh. It, it it does make me sort of it sort of makes me feel like how silly I was to think that like I would be gone for three months every summer and just thought my mom was just sitting at the end of her bed uh reading Maya Angelou poems or something. <laughs> like, it's, like it's sort of like I had just really it makes me feel like of course that's what's happened. Of course that was what was happening. Yeah, it just I it may, like I said, it makes me feel like my mom's a more th- a three dimensional person than I realize, which is great. I'm happy for that. It's interesting. You you've lived a life completely surrounded by women and girls. You know, you you grew up with your single mom and you're married to a woman and you have two girls. 
which is ironic because there was a time when I was in high school where I thought, I'll never be ever find love or made a woman or be. <laughs> <laughs> I used to have no, when I was got no women friends. So yeah. It was. But you're going to like, you've, you've been in a position now talking to your mom about her sex life and not that you'll like go into as much detail with your kids, but like oh, yeah. you're going to have to find a way to communicate with them about being like women in the world. Yes, I, I, you know, I, I and I, I take a lot of uh, sort of pride in the fact that I get to be. It's a, it's a big responsibility, but also a lot of pride. I get to sort of, sort of tell them how they should expect to be treated in the world, and if they're not being treated that way, especially specifically by men, whether or not they're attracted to men or not, you know, that's not really here or there necessarily. But just how how men will sometimes treat you, and how you can and sort of help them, you know, have a, a leg up on that before they go out there. Yeah, I mean, they could be empowered just like your mom. Yeah, no, I'm absolutely. I mean, I, I feel like that. You know, I the 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 last thing I want is for the for the for my mom's power and and sense of humor and uh, to to not get passed down to them. If I'm doing if I do that, I've totally misunderstood my mom's legacy. <laughs> so like, I think that like absolutely, I'm trying to create uh, as much as this may make my wife be like, I don't know about that. More Janet Cheatham bells in the world. <laughs> my wife be like, well, a little bit of my family too. Yes, but uh, I think that that approach to my mom's approach to being out in the world and being, and also the way she talked about feeling in totally in charge of her sexuality is of course how I want my daughters to be. Now I'm not prepared to think about that now that they're five and two, but yes, when they get there, I totally want them to be in charge as in charge of their sexuality as their, as my mom is and was. You guys, we are so, so honored to be getting this award and excited to be going to Chicago where I actually got my start in radio at the awards ceremony. We're even going to get to meet Janet. She's going to join us on stage for the acceptance speech. Once we find out exactly what award we got, we'll totally let you and Kamau know. Can I see the award? Yes. Can you show it to me? Okay. <laughs> yeah, we'll take a picture. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram to see those photos. And we want to keep this conversation going. Have you talked to your parents about their sex life? Have you shared yours with your kids? We want to know how it went or, or why you would never dare. Tell us at our website, longestshortesttime.com, in the comments for this episode. That's episode 102. We've got links there to Janet's books and to Kamau's great comedy work, including his podcasts, Denzel Washington is the Greatest Actor of All Time, period, and Politically Reactive. We actually had him on our show last week, too, answering kids' questions about politics. This podcast is produced by me, Hilary Frank, and Abigail Keel. We are edited by Peter Clowney. Our engineers are Pete Karam and the Reverend John Delore. Our theme music is by the Batteries Duo. We get editorial support from Anne-Marie Baldonado and Antonia Acatunde. Thanks to Northgate Studios at the Berkeley School of Journalism and Laura Clivens for recording Kamau and Janet, and to Paul Ruest at Argo Studios. I'll be back next week with a brand new episode. We're revisiting a story that we did in 2015 that recently made it into the international spotlight. Mothering a robot baby that burps, cries, and needs to be changed is supposed to discourage teenage girls from falling pregnant. Robot babies as breaking news. 
Who knew? Make sure you're subscribed to The Longest Shortest Time in iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts so that you don't miss this super fascinating update. If you want to hear that story early, sign up for our newsletter. Just go to our website, enter your email in the little box on the homepage, and we'll send you a secret link. And as always, here at The Longest Shortest Time, we are looking for your stories. Right now, we're especially looking for stories about recovery, parents in recovery, kids in recovery, or maybe a multi-generational thing. Go to longestshortesttime.com and submit your story. Hey guys, it's Franklin Leonard, and we are back with another amazing season of The Blacklist Table Reads. Uh, we have so many ear movies for you this season and some fantastic talent at the helm. There is Paul Shear starring in an insane action comedy. Soak it in, Chucklehead. It's your last dance. A dark new take on the story of Frankenstein with the incredible Joanne Froggett. It was the intoxication of your words that's kept me so tied to you, Mary. And Aisha Tyler in AI apocalyptic sci-fi. My name is Maggie. Mine is the story of great loss. Plus interviews with our leads, writers, and much, much more. So listen in, subscribe to the Blacklist Table Reads right here on Earwolf. Stand up. You sing Earwolf? This has been an Earwolf production, executive produced by Scott Ackerman and Chris Bannon. For more information and content, visit Earwolf.com. Earwolf! At Best Western, we can't promise you the perfect family beach vacation. We can't promise that it won't rain, or that you won't get a sunburn, or that your family won't endearingly call you Lobster Mom for weeks afterward. What we can promise is a warm welcome and a comfortable room amidst all the joyful chaos. Lobster Mom. Life's a trip. Make the most of it at Best Western with over 4,200 hotels worldwide.